0: Welcome to raising the bar. I am Ashley Vargas and I help lifters feel more confident adding weight to their barbell. Hello lifters and welcome to episode number one of raising the bar. I am so excited to be launching this podcast today. And really what my goal here is, is to be a resource for lifters of all levels. So if you are just starting out in the strength training world and you haven't even picked up your first barbell yet, there is going to be a ton of really good information in this podcast that you are going to find a lot of value in. Um, if you are an elite level power or Olympic lifter, there's going to be a lot of value here for you as well. Um, so with that being said, let's just jump right into it. So today I'm going to be speaking mainly to my new competitive power lifters, but even if you've competed several times, or maybe you're at the national level, um, I still think this information is going to be either a really good refresher for you or a good reminder. Um, of just some best practices when you're prepping for your powerlifting meet. So, um, if you haven't competed in a powerlifting meet or you're unfamiliar with the structure, um, there are three lifts that every lifter needs to complete. So you have your squat, your bench press, and your deadlift, and they are going to be completed in that order. And every lifter gets three attempts for each particular lift. So they're going to squat three times. They're going to bench three times. They're going to deadlift three times and whatever the best completed lift is, is going to, um, go to their total at the end. And then from their total, they, there's a whole mathematical formula that I'm not going to get into, but it spits out a score. Um, and that score, uh, determines who the winner of the powerlifting meet is. So whether that's in the particular weight class or whether that's, um, overall best lifter or what have you. So, um, with new lifters, um, as they're going through their prep process, there are two things that I see that happen all the time. Um so with with powerlifting meets, there it's so much more than just going up to the platform, squatting, bench pressing, and deadlifting. Um, there are very specific rules to each particular lift. There are very specific rules to what type of equipment you can have. And there are very specific commands that you need to follow as you are completing your lift and I've seen this happen so many times, at least two times in every single powerlifting meet I've ever been to, but lifters can execute a beautiful squat that is a significant PR for them. And they are so proud and they're so excited and they put in all this work and they're finally ready to show it off and they get red lighted because they missed a command because they didn't train their commands in their prep process. So, um, that that's one of my first tips that I'm going to go into more detail is Train your commands through the prep process. Um, The second thing that I see, it's a very common mistake with new lifters and sometimes even like advanced lifters, (laughs) um, is changing up your routine close to your meat. So whether that is changing your diet or getting a massage, if that's not something that you typically do, whatever that looks like. And again, we'll go into a little bit more detail here in a minute, but you want to Keep that the last couple weeks leading up to your meet as normal as possible and eliminate any type of variables that could have a negative impact on your performance on the platform. So let's, um, let's dig into those commands because arguably these are the most common, um, new lifter mistakes that I see. So. Um, I will preface this by saying every federation has, or organization has their own rules and their own rule book that um, I highly recommend that you read and have a really good understanding of before you go into your meet. Um, Everything that I say here, um, I will just put a little disclaimer out there that I do want you to go and read that rule book because if you are competing with USPA or USAPL those those rules are a little bit different um arguably those two organizations are definitely the strictest so that's really what I'm going to be speaking to today um but just make sure that you are doing your due diligence and making sure that you understand those so jumping right into it so with the squat there are two commands for the squat there is the squat command and there is the rack command so when you are ready to step up onto that platform whether it's your first second or third attempt you will hear the head judge say bar is loaded. That is your cue that it is time for you to walk up to the platform and get yourself situated underneath your barbell. You can unrack that barbell as you see fit. You do not have to wait for that head judge to tell you what to do. Um, You are going to load that barbell onto your back and you are going to walk out away from the rack. Um, Again, some some organizations will use a monolith in which you don't have to walk out, but again, we're going to be speaking more towards USPA and USAPL, which, um, they do not use monoliths and you do need to, um, do a full walkout as you are going to complete your squat. So as you, um, your bar and you walk back the head judge, you will see their hand up in the air and you will see them watching you intently. <laughs> so they are waiting for you to gain complete control over the bar. You have no movement in your feet and you are braced and ready to complete your squat. At that time, there's going to be two things. Um, there's going to be a visual command and there's going to be a verbal command. So if you've ever, (laughs) if you've ever been in a powerlifting meet, um, this kind of explains why there's, there's two commands, both a verbal and a visual. Um, For me personally, when I get on the platform, I do not hear the crowd. I do not hear my friends and family screaming. I do not hear my coach screaming. I don't hear anything other than that head judge. I literally tune everything out. Some lifters, some lifters can't do that. Some lifters hear nothing but the crowd and have a hard time hearing the head judge. Some people don't hear anything. (laughs) So um, that's why there are both the visual and the verbal cues. So for the visual cue, you will see the head judges um, or excuse me, head refs, um, hand go down. Okay. That is your cue that you are good to go and you can start your squat. The verbal cue is going to be squat. (laughs) It's pretty straightforward. Um, you cannot start your squat before the head ref tells you to, if you do, you can have the biggest PR of your life. You can hit record-breaking depth. You can even hit a state record. You can hit a world record. It does not matter. If you miss that first squat command, it's done. <laughs> you are going to get red-lighted. So do not anticipate that start command. Pay attention to that head judge. There's, there's, As far as you're concerned, there is no one else in that room other than the head judge, okay? So once you get to the bottom of your squat, you do not need to pause it. I 100% recommend that you don't. You do not have to wait for that head judge to tell you to get up out of your squat. Um, you want to get down there and get back up as fast and as efficiently as possible. Once you get up to the top of the squat and you are completely locked out, you will hear a rat command. And again, there's going to be two um, two cues for that. So one's going to be verbal and one is going to be visual. The visual cue the ref is going to pull their hand back. Okay. So that is indicating that you are now able to rack your bar. You will also hear the rack command, um, because you are not required to look at that head judge whatsoever. Again, that's why there's two, both the verbal and the visual. Okay. If you miss that rack command, again, you could have completed a world record squat and you will not get that lift. It is unfortunate, but it is true. Okay. So, With the squat, again, just to recap, two commands. There's the squat command, which gives you the indication that you can start your lift, and there's the rack command, which gives you the indication that you can walk that barbell back onto your rack, okay? So a couple reasons people will get red-lighted on a squat. Um, One, obviously, missing the command, and two, um, another big one is just not achieving squat depth. So, um, again... Squat depth or what is considered depth on a squat is going to vary depending on the organization. So please make sure that you're reading your rule book. But for the majority, it is the crease of the hip needs to be below the top of the knee. Okay. So I always recommend training your squat as low as possible, lower than what is required. That way you have a little bit of wiggle room once you get that 100 or 100 plus percent on your back. Okay. Um, So again, the two most common areas is missing your squat or your rack command or, um, not hitting depth. Okay. Another one that's a little less common, but I still see it happen is not getting the full lockout on the squat. So, um, driving those hips forward, engaging the glutes and then locking out at the knee. Um, if you have, what's considered soft knees, um, they won't consider that locked out and you will get a red light for your left, but that's definitely, um, that if you get a red light because you have soft knees, it's because you weren't training your squat properly. Um, so that would definitely be something to consider. So, um however you are training your lifts or how you are going to execute them at the on the platform. So it's all about muscle memory, um and it's all about training properly that way, once you do get to the platform, your body already knows already knows what it needs to do. So, um, moving on to the bench. So with the bench, there is more commands in the bench than there is any other lift. So you have, three commands. You have a start command, you have a press command, and you have a rack command. Okay. So again, before you walk up to the platform, you are going to hear the um, head judge say bar is loaded. That is your cue that whatever weight you indicated that you were going to lift is loaded on the bar and your rack height is set up just for you. And it is your time to shine. So as you walk up to the platform, you are going to unrack that bar at your convenience. So once you get set up and once you feel comfortable to unrack the bar, the bar is going to be unracked. Um, you, depending on the federation or the organization that you're lifting with, um, some allow you to have your coach or your lifting partner, um, give you a lift off. Some organizations like USAPL, um, they do, they, they don't allow that. So one of the spotters is going to unrack you, um, or give you that liftoff. So I, it's always best to have someone who knows how you like your liftoff to give you that liftoff because having a poor liftoff, it can definitely screw you up from the beginning, but just make sure that you check with that rule book again. Um, So once that bar is unloaded, they or the head judge is again going to wait until that bar is completely stable and you are in control of that bar before they give you the start command. So if you've noticed a theme here, it's all about controlling your bar. So when you are in training and you're in your prep process, it is so important that you make your walkout on your squat or your lift off on your bench or whatever as efficient as possible because they will not let you start and you're going to have to sit there and hold that weight until they deem that you are ready. So having the most efficient setup is going to really aid you once you do get on the platform. Um, cause holding that weight and trying to shift around and get set up and all of that, that takes a lot of energy that you could be using to actually push the weight, so make that as efficient as possible. So again, once that barbell is completely balanced and stabilized, you are going to hear a start command. There is also going to be a visual command for the bench as well. However, you don't see it because you were looking up at the ceiling, but they do it anyways. Um, I won't necessarily talk about that for the bench because you won't be able to see it. However, um, you do really need to listen to your head judge in this in this particular lift. So you will get the start command, which indicates the lifter that they can descend the bar to the chest. Okay, you have to pause that bar on your chest until the head ref tells you to press. So throughout the 12 or 16 week prep process that you've gone through, if you've only been training touch and go, I'm going to let you know right now, that bar is going to be significantly heavier when you pause it. Okay. So a few things that they look for in the pause before you get the press command, again, it's all about control and stabilization. So that bar has to be completely motionless on your chest before they will give you this, the press command so really how long your press command actually is, is 100% up to you. Okay. So if you are fidgeting, if you are not in control of that bar and it is moving all sorts of different ways, that bar is going to sit on your chest for a while. And the likelihood of you pressing it back up after that long of a pause is not going to be good. So, um, highly recommend that you train a very firm controlled pause throughout the entirety of your training. Um, So once you get that press command, you are going to press that bar to the full lockout position. Okay. Now, a few things that they look at before they give you the rack command, they make sure that you are in fact in that full locked out position. Um, Once that bar is completely locked out, you're going to get the rack command and the spotters are going to help guide that bar back onto the rack. Um, a few areas where lifters can get red lighted on a bench, obviously missing a command. Um, with some organizations, they do require an even lockout. Not all of them do, but some of them do. So again, refer to your rule book. Um, what an even lockout looks like. That bar um needs to ascend off of the chest evenly. So um a lot of lifters, you know, may have you know, a weaker tricep or an, in one particular arm or, you know, lack of lat engagement or whatever the case may be where that bar is not coming up evenly. Maybe your left side's coming up a little bit faster than your right. So some federations do look for, um, an even ascent of the bar. Um, another way that you can get red lighted on a bench is with your footing um some organizations allow your heels to be up some organizations require both heel and toe to be in contact with the ground but across the board your feet cannot come off the ground they can shift side to side but as soon as they lo- lose contact with the ground you are going to get red lighted um so make sure that you are training your foot placement and having um appropriate leg drive um, another area where you can get red lighted it is completely acceptable for the lifter to create an arch in their back in order to shorten the range of motion on their bench press. I highly recommend lifting that way. Um, but your butt and your shoulders need to stay in contact with the bench the entire time. So if you are really struggling and you are not properly, um, utilizing leg drive and you're pushing down into the ground instead of pushing away, um, odds, odds, of your, um, glutes coming off the bench increase. So as soon as they do, you're going to get red lighted there as well. So just make sure that you are training those three particular areas, one, your commands two, your leg drive and your footing and three, making sure that your glutes and your shoulder blades are going to stay on the bench throughout the entirety of that lift. Um, the third lift, the deadlift. Um, It is by far a fan favorite. People get all riled up um, and it's definitely the, arguably the most exciting lift of the three. So um, it's usually where people are the strongest. It's usually where people can, um, you know, really add to their total. Um, This is where lifters get very strategic with what weight they're actually going to lift. If they're going head to head with somebody, um, you know, they can, it's much easier to, add 20 pounds onto a deadlift than it is on a bench press. And the odds of you actually lifting it are significantly higher. So um, a lot of excitement around the deadlift. However, there is only one command in the deadlift and that is down. So again, the head judge is going to say bar is loaded. You are going to have 60 seconds to complete your lift. So as you walk up to the bar, you do not need to wait for the head judge to tell you to pick up the bar. You just go get yourself set up when you are ready. You're going to pick up that bar. Um when you get up to the top, the judges are going to be looking for whether or not you are in a full lockout. Okay. So what does a full lockout look like? Knees are locked out, hips are drove hips drive forward, glutes engage, and you are in a full upright position. Okay. Um a couple things to keep in mind here. A lot of people do get red lighted for soft knees on the deadlift as well. Um, and again, that's just a a training issue, you were training your deadlift incorrectly throughout the entirety of your, um, or potentially during the entirety of your training process. So, um, that would just be something that you'd make sure you want to address through your next prep process. Um, it's very uncommon, honestly, there's, there's not a ton of ways to get red lighted on a deadlift. Um, Another way to get red lighted on a deadlift is not controlling your bar back down to the floor. Now, not saying that you have to, you know, take it down at a glacial pace, but you cannot let the bar lose contact with your hands. Um, you do need to be in 100% control of that bar throughout the entirety of the lift, which includes the descent. So, um, again, once you get to the top and the judges feel that you were completely locked out, you are going to get the down command. Um, that is going to be both verbal and visual. So verbal, obviously the ref is going to say down. Um, and the visual is going to be a hand, um, a raised hand that gets lowered. So again, if you are like me and you tune everything out, <laughs> um, and only pay attention to that head judge, then the verbal will be just fine. If you are someone that either blacks out completely, um, or just can't hear them over the the screaming of the crowd and your, your fans, um, then you'll have the, the visual there as well. Um, Another thing to keep in mind, um, you do need to make sure that you are not moving your feet into that bar is completely on the ground. So if you are a sumo lifter, um, I don't really see th- I honestly, I personally have not seen this happen, but I'm sure maybe it has at some point, but, um, some sumo lifters take their stance extremely wide, like all the way out to the plates. Um, and they get concerned with, you know, potentially dropping that bar on their foot, which very valid concern, mind you. But um, honestly, if the execution of your deadlift is um, trained well, your bar is going to go down and end in the same place that it started. But um, with that being said, if you are a sumo lifter and you jump your feet in before your bar hits the ground, um, you will get red lighted there as well. So make sure that you are training all those commands properly. Um, So to sum all of that up, make sure that you are training your commands. Um, if you have a training partner or if you train in person with a coach, um, you know, have, have your coach or your, your training partner say the commands for you, um, as you are lifting, um, personally on the bench press, for example, I like to train a longer pause than I know I'm going to need. Um, again, just like with a squat, I train to a lower depth that I know I'm going to need, um, that way, you know, when it it's my time to shine. I know that if I train a harder position, that this one is probably going to be a little bit easier and it's going to give me a little bit of wiggle room. So um but just make sure that you have someone there to um to say those commands for you and really train them and get them ingrained in your mind and make sure that you are not jumping the gun on those. Um if you do not have someone that you train with or you don't have a coach or you just kind of, you know, you run solo in the weight room, which is totally cool as well, um you can just do them in your head. So If you know that you have to have a start press and a rack command for the bench press, just say it in your head. Um, You know, do do whatever it takes, but memorize those and just get used to lifting um, with those commands. So um, kind of moving on the the second biggest thing that a lot of particularly new lifters um, make this mistake is trying to do something different leading up to their meet, Um, whether that is doing a week of mobility it, well, you should be doing mobility throughout the duration of your training. However, some lifters don't. So if that is something foreign to you, don't do it. (laughs) Don't do it. You want to keep the variables of your training as close to what they are going to be on the platform as possible. Okay. You never want to put your body in a foreign position or take it into, um, you know, put it in a foreign state because it, your body, you don't know how your body's going to react. Um, it may react well, it may not. So, um, if you don't do a lot of mobility during that, you know, last week when you're tapering off and you're trying to rest and recover and, you know, do the final process of the final prep process leading up to your meet. Um, if you don't do yoga, don't go to a yoga class. If you don't normally get massages, don't get a massage. If you have a knot in your neck and it's been there for a couple weeks, just leave it, deal with it later. Um, you know, whatever, whatever it is, I know it sounds kind of silly, but it, it's true. Um, it could be some of the smallest things, um, with your nutrition, don't eat anything that you wouldn't normally eat, um, because you don't know how your body's going to react to it. Um, you know, on meat day, typically behind the little curtain, you see, um, nothing but donuts and candy and all these other things. You want to bring food that is going to be easily digestible for you and something that your body is already accustomed to eating. So if you are a chicken and rice type of person, bring chicken and rice. Don't, um, you know, don't go out and have, you know, um, I don't know, Indian food if you're not used to eating it. So, cause you don't know how your body is going to react. So try and keep all of the variables during your entire prep process and as close to what you would expect to, um, have at the meet. So, um, we don't want to shock our body. We don't want to put our body in a foreign position because we don't know what the outcome is going to be. So, and at the time where you have to perform at your best, it's definitely not the time to be experimental. So, so the two big takeaways from today's episode, um, the first one, once you decide which organization you're going to lift with, buy the damn rule book. <laughs> I cannot stress that enough. Um, buy the rule book, read the rule book, understand the rules, train your commands. That's all wrapped up in takeaway number one. Um, I, I seriously can't stress that enough, guys. It, it breaks my heart to be at powerlifting meets. And I see these lifters who have put in so much work over the last 12 to 16 weeks of their meat prep, and they complete this beautiful squat or beautiful bench or whatever it is, And they don't get the lift because they missed a command. Um, Those commands should be second nature to you. You should not be able to start your bench press without the start command. You should not be able to descend into your squat without the squat command. It should be drilled into your brain to that that degree. Um, Takeaway number two is create... The same environment during your training process is you're going to have at the meet or as close to it as possible and eliminate unknown variables. So, um, that includes trying new things, um, during your prep process. It's not the time. Don't try new things. <laughs> um, So you're going to have plenty of time for that later. So, um, want to make sure that we train the way that we're going to perform and we perform the way that we trained. So, um, if you found value in this, please subscribe. Um, I'm going to be putting out new episodes every Wednesday. Um, and if you think, you know, somebody or a lifter who is going to find value in this as well, please share it. Um, I also am going to put my social handles in the notes of this podcast episode. So, um, if you want to follow me on Instagram or YouTube or um, join my email list. Feel free to do that. I put out, um, weekly lifting tips through my email. And then I also put up daily information on my Instagram page. So, um, make sure to shoot me a follow. Otherwise I will see you next Wednesday.